Welcome back, double teamed fam. How are we doing today? I don't know why all of a sudden I thought of that one radio in Texas that was like Delilah. Um, <gasps> I remember that show. Yeah, Del- she had a super she, nice voice. I was gonna say her voice was I like really phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's just Cami and Nikki here today. Um, you just know, the two of us. We did that last time. We can make it. I like that. Okay, fine. Just the two of us. No, you're not even enthused (laughs) at this point. So anyways, we're here. Today's episode is just going to be a little bit of a life update. And I know everyone always assumes something bad happened when someone's like, life update. Life update. (laughs) So remember how I told you guys how the one guy, I asked him what his tattoo was in the middle of sex. Turns out it's when his dad died. That thing. So I, you know, my lesson then was I'm not going to ask anyone what their tattoos mean during sex. So recently I was having sex with a guy. He has like a tattoo on his chest. I noticed some numbers in the middle of sex. You know what I didn't do? Ask him what those meant. Yep. I didn't ask him. So I wait until after sex. We're like kind of cuddling a little bit. We're on the couch. I'm like just facing him or whatever. And I was like, oh, what does the, the tattoo on your chest mean? And he was like, oh, it was the day my father died. And I was like, another one is what I'm thinking to myself. TJ Khaled is in the back, like, another one. But I was, like, super glad that I hadn't asked that during sex. And, of course, you know, I told him, you know, my condolences. Um, We talked a little bit about it. Great conversation. And that was the end of that. But a much more proper setting rather than in the middle of sex. Very, very happy that that happened. I'm trying to think of if I have any fun stories. I just thought that was, you know, personal growth right there. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. Lesson learned. That cycle broken. Yeah. Cycle ended. No funny stories on your behalf, Cammy. Not that I can think of. No, life's been hella boring. Uh, well, I'm just kidding. It's not. Yeah, it's, <laughs> not it's not been hella boring. Um, it's been just. Okay, I'll give my life update because I, you know. Yeah, let's start with yours. Mine is just so much shorter. Okay. Well, it's very simple. Let's see. So um, as you guys may, may not know, I can't remember. I used to work in event management. That was my like little forte and then well yeah pandemic hit I lost my job right and then I'm working for a dental office did not really like dentistry so I moved on I started working for a startup and I really didn't like my boss that much she was not nice um but anyways so I I left I left my job I was you know part of the great resignation um (laughs) I decided hey you know what I choose me and I choose my happiness and, and mental health. And mental health. And the things that I've learned from not having a job in the past three months has uh, has been a lot, and it's been lovely. Um, as far as my relationship. Has it been lovely? No, nah, you're right. Um, yeah, it, it has its ups and downs. Lots of highs, lots of lows, you know. So I'll be honest there. Yeah, it's it's been a journey. But I, I say it's lovely because, you know, like life is always going to have ups and downs. But, you know, bigger picture, I'm learning a lot. So I'm happy with that. And then as far as like relationships, I don't know, that's all over the place. As I've started meditating, as I've started journaling, as I've started therapy, I've really decided like what I want my relationships moving forward to look like. And I feel like I'm really breaking through the old cycles. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Besides that, yeah, just, you know, working on the pod, 
Um, now, we'll begin with mine. So, you may remember, oh man, this was a while back. We December. Did a, December, we did an it's episode. one of our last episodes before we took a break. Yes, I talked about how, you know, the kitchen table polyamory dynamic didn't go well because my meta and I had issues. We didn't see eye to eye on some things. And we, you know, from there, let's just say it kind of snowballed. Like it, in Greece, <laughs> of all places. Yeah, you know what? I'm the the funny thing is, at least this did all happen in Greece because, like, the, uh, we were in like just a beautiful country, forced that, to spend time, together. forced to all spend time together, and it, it was, was horrible. It was a trip to I remember PTSD. I, I think we all needed therapy after that trip to Greece. Though I mean, it's to to this day, it's still one of my most favorite places I've ever visited. Just, it was so beautiful. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. The island of Hydra, Hydra or is Idra. gorgeous. Idra. The water. Oh, the water oh, was amazing. Yes, the water. Yeah. I mean, a funny story about the water. I don't know if I ever said it on the pod or not, but we were swimming and I look, and, you know, the water you can like see, see pretty deep in, right? Because it's just so fucking clear. And I look down and there's like this giant snake looking thing. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a giant snake. I think it was just a rope. Uh, but I, I've never swam faster <laughs> than I did then. <laughs> I was like paddling to the shore. So, so yeah, the the water in Greece was absolutely gorgeous. And Greece was a while back. I remember we posted it on our stories. So, you know, this has all been, and, and you have to understand, like, I, I'm telling you all this now because like I needed time to A, see how it all played out and B, like process it all before I could like come to you guys with this. So please besties understand that I, I wasn't, like, withholding from you. I was just not ready to, like, talk about it all. And now I now I am. I've gotten to a place where I'm, like, I feel good about it. And we know how it's, like, played out by this point. So, like I was saying, we were, my meta and I were having issues. It really kind of started because, you know, like, she was coming on a lot of trips with us and everything. And, like, when, you know, my husband and I had, had joined finances and so uh, both of our incomes went to one account and that's what we use for everything. So when we opened up and everything, you know, I told him, I was like, hey, you're going to be going on dates. I'm going to be going on dates. Granted, like, you know, usually the guy pays. So, okay, but I'll stop you right there. No, 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 no. Usually the guy pays. So like for me, like most of my dates were free for him. Like most of his dates he had to pay. So we were like, okay, it kind of balances out there. But I told him, I'm like, if it hits to a certain amount, like, you know, this is where I'd, I'd like to like have a discussion. So like if it's anything over like $150, because I think, you know, if you're taking someone out to dinner, like $150 is a nice dinner. <laughs> you I mean, know? it's a good amount. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it depends was, on where you're going. I was like anything over that, like we, we would need to have a discussion. Not that he was like going on dates that, you know, were more than that, but it was, it was, just like a, a boundary that I had set at the time. Anyways, and so, you know, his girlfriend was coming on all these trips and stuff with us and whatnot. And there were like just a couple of occasions where like that boundary was crossed, like the amount. And so like we had discussions about it and whatnot. And I think at that point, it, it just kind of like started creating um, a little bit of like contention, you know? Friction. Friction for sure. Yeah, and like, you know, I'm not, a, like money's a really sore topic, but like this is something you have to discuss if you have joint finances and you're going to be polyamorous, like there's got to be a plan or somehow to like figure out finances, but we'll kind of table that. That was one aspect of it. Second aspect was, you know, like how I had said that 
we all had kind of similar but differing views on like what the future was going to look like for all of us together and that was kind of like another point of contention because like for me you know I remember when we were in New York all of us I was talking we were like walking and I was like oh I can't wait to own a condo here one day and then you know they felt as if like every time that they brought up children I would be like oh I'm not like, I, I wouldn't necessarily be, like, supportive of the times that they would be like, oh, I, you know, love this in relation to a child. I don't know. So that was kind of, like, another point of contention. And then, like, lastly, you know, because him and I were non-monogamous and I was, like, going on dates and whatnot. But the two of them were, like, pretty much monogamous together because neither of them were ready to for the other to be like non-monogamous because like they were just wrapped up in NRE, which is new relationship energy. And they were falling in love and just like all this excitement and all these, attachment. Yeah. All these emotions and everything. So they weren't ready for, for the other to like be with other people. But at the same time, like him and I were still obviously having sex. And so that kind of like became another point of contention is like, she would get jealous that him and I would have sex but you know but the two of them couldn't really handle like she like at first she was okay and please don't think that this was a one penis policy because it definitely was not <laughs> but it was one of those things where he was like okay you know I want to figure this out so that like it ever it can be even for everyone but like you know they just like needed a little bit of time in doing it and so the timing of all of that was like really iffy. And I remember he was saying he was like he felt as if like she was starting to kind of like get jealous of that a little bit, like of my situation where like, you know, and I remember she said it once she was like, you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, no, I can't do whatever I want. Like there are boundaries here that, you know, and, and things that him and I still have like in place. So but he made it sound as if like when he talked about me in any way, like she would start to get jealous. And then at the same time, like we all started spending less time together, like outside of the trips we all took because we were taking a lot of trips too. Oh my God, we went to New York. We went to Las Vegas multiple times all together. We went to fucking Greece, you know, all together. Arizona. Arizona. Like, all these things. We were going on all these trips together. So it's like when we were home, like, that was, like, my time. We did occasionally have some nights here and there of, like, the three of us together. But, like, that was my time to just, like, you know, kind of either spend some time with him alone or go spend time, like, with you, Kimi, or with my friends or whatever. Anyways, so. Oh, and this was all happening, you know, as we were, like, you know, still working pretty, you know, or, you know, continually working heavily on our podcast like we've been doing. So. Yeah. So, I mean, Just I was a lot of different factors. Yeah. There would be times where I'd be like, you know, most of the night I'd go over to Kami's and we'd be working on the pod and then he would go over to his girlfriend's house and they would spend time together. The other aspect here was that, you know, he was starting to spend a lot of time with her son because she did have a child. And so he was living that family life with them and really enjoying it. So basically what happened, like when we all went to Greece, right before we went to Greece, I should say this, right before we went to Greece, I told him, I'm like, hey, I feel like you and I need to be spending a little bit more time together. I feel as if like we haven't been prioritizing just you and I as much because we kind of got into like a little bit of a routine. We would spend the days together and the evenings I'd go over to Kimi's or go on dates. And then in the evenings he would go spend time with his girlfriend, which worked out and it was fine. But I was like, you know what? We haven't had a date in a while. Like I want just the two of us to go on a date. And he was like, well, I don't know about that because I feel like that takes away time from like me spending time with her and her kid. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He was like, well, you know, he's young. He's in his formative years. Like, I want to be a big part of his life. I, I, I want to prioritize spending time with him 
instead. And then that's when I kind of like freaked out. And this was like the day before we left for Greece. So I was like, oh shit. I was like, because to me, commitment is conflict resolution and also nurturing the relationship. And I felt like in that moment, he didn't choose nurturing our relationship for the sake of commitment. So when we, when we went to Greece, it really all started right when, um, like we all, the four of us had seats together and then, Mm -hmm. but they were in the middle of the airplane, like the middle row. So it was like all middle. And she, I guess, really liked the window seat. So she was like complaining, even though we paid for the flight, uh, she was complaining that she didn't have a window seat. So he went and changed their seats so that the two of them were like in the window. And then Kimi and I stayed where we were and I got pissed. Like, I'm not going to fucking lie. I got pissed. And that's when it started all. That's when everything, all those other points that I was talking about started, like, coming up. So, And here's Cammie just <laughs> wanting to enjoy a trip to Greece. And all of a sudden, I get roped into, into our little kitchen table nightmare. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm at a table. And I'm like, Where am I, what am I doing here? Hold on. Um, but So, basically, what we kind of started realizing was that like we needed to have some more discussions about things like finances because I felt as if like if she was going to be joining us on all these trips like in Greece we essentially paid for everything him and I you know and so it's and and in every other trip and so you know that became an issue and that was something I wanted to discuss and she chipped in every now and then for like I mean I guess it's not fair to say that we always paid for everything but let's say we paid for a good majority but I still felt like it was always assumed that we would pay for like the good majority and she hadn't always offered in some times to like help with some things. And so we, so like we had a discussion about that and I was like, okay, I think that's like better. And then we, but then like all the other little points came up. And so that's when they were like, you know, she was like, well, you know, you guys are still having sex, but like him and I are monogamous and, I mean, she went to, like, a sex party with us, and she hooked up with other people then, um, and, like, they had a fun time at that sex party. I, th- I mean, I think it sounded like they had a fun time. Yeah, but I would just like to point out that her agreement with him has nothing to do with you. Yeah, that's true. That was their agreement. That, that was the two of them saying, hey, we don't want to. So I'm not sure why she was looking at you with anger in that in that position. But Well, I it's like that. he was saying. She started kind of getting jealous maybe that I was like looked like I had complete freedom while the two of them had like this agreement that you know they weren't going to sleep with other people while they formed their relationship Hmm. even though like him and I our relationship was like was already there so like what's she gonna tell him like you can't have sex with your wife you know anyways so so then all these issues started coming up and so we we finally got to a point where I was just kind of like and the the big one, the big one being that, you know, the two of them wanted a family and I wasn't ready for it. And especially, you know, I told him, I'm like, look, if you guys are wanting to have a family, like our finances are joined. Like, am I, you know, obviously, like I want to be a part of that child's life. So, like, I, I would be fine with contributing. But at the same time, it's like it, it just looked messy. Like it looked really freaking messy from the standpoint of. So, I mean, who pays the doctor bills? Like our finances are joined so like we'd have to like separate them in some way or whatever and so like when I proposed separating our finances so that you know it would be easier for him to like work with his money as he you know chose in relation to like the two of us that's when he felt like I was making him choose between me and her and I was like no not necessarily like I I think we can just have separate finances and and obviously still maintain our relationship as it is 
And then for on her side, you know, just through like a lot of the conversations and whatnot, I think she really just decided she was like, this is too much. I don't want to deal with non-monogamy. I don't want to deal with polyamory. And keep in mind, this was her first experience with it ever. She was always monogamous. And so she was like, this is too much. um, Whenever we get home, like, we'll just break up and I'll, you know, go on my merry way or whatever. But then, you know, neither of them wanted to break up with each other. So then... so then she was making him choose too. like, do you want monogamy with me and we go have our family or do you want non-monogamy with her and y'all go continue your life as it is? But you weren't making him choose. No, I mean. All you said was you wanted to split your finances. I know. In his eyes, that was like making him choose. Okay. Well, that's his perception of it, not yours. Yeah. It's his perception of it. Oh my. So, so yeah, it got fucking messy. Um, so we got home. We had a lot of discussions, a lot of tears. My God. So much crying. Anyways, and basically, like, what it boiled down to, I remember at one point, I'm like, what do, you, what do you want your life to look like in five years? And he was like, I want to be in a house, flying for the airlines, home a good majority of the time. Because keep in mind, he does travel for work. Like, he's gone a good bit of every month, half a month, half the year, he's not home. He was like, I want to be able to, like, have a position with an airline that allows him to be home more. And he was like, and I want to have a family. And by family, he meant children. He's like, that's what I want in the next five years. And then I turned around and asked myself the same question. And it looked completely different. So in the next five years, I want to have <laughs> another airplane, multiple houses and properties in California, New York, Mexico, Miami, like the places that I love to go to. I want to be focused on my career and just like, killing it when whatever I'm doing I want to be and and keep in mind too he's five years older than me so he's 33 right now five years from now he's 38 five years from now I'm 33 still in my early 30s still young like he's young too obviously but obviously so those things looked vastly different for the two of us because five years from now I still cannot imagine my life with like children running around at my feet um, if I'm being quite honest so we were like well, then we've kind of reached an impasse. And that's when we decided to separate. And I thought we were going to remain married. I'm not going to lie. I thought we were just like going to remain married for, you know, tax reasons. And just like we moved apart, we sold our airplane, sold our house, all of that. And I thought we would just like stay married for those for I don't even know, really. But then, you know, he did file for divorce. And he decided that that's what he wanted to do um, ultimately. So that's kind of where we are. I think, I mean, we've been non-monogamous for a while, but I would definitely say the jump from open relationship to polyamory was like a really big step. And on top of that, like, I think the biggest thing is that it just showed us, like, for example, his girlfriend, like I said, she had a son, you know, him spending time with her and her son showed him a future that he would have never had the opportunity to see with me because I I was never the kind to want children like you have to understand like when him and I went into our marriage we our goals were we wanted to own an airplane we wanted to buy a house we wanted to buy properties we wanted to travel the world Um, those were the things that we saw when him and I got married seven years ago and we did those things and you know still I think we just kind of hit a point where we started developing different things and what we wanted for the future. And so she gave him the opportunity to see 
a different future, a family, a home life, you know, something that was a little bit more home oriented, slower paced, all of that, you know, whereas like I just kind of remained on my steadfast path of, you know, the things that I enjoy doing now and the things that I want to continue doing and continue to focus on. So I do believe if you're going to enter into a non-monogamous or a polyamorous relationship, like people are going to show you different sides of yourself that you may not necessarily know through your spouse, you know, him and I had changed a ton since we got married. It's not as if we didn't grow at all. My God, we grew uh, so much and we like were completely different people now than we were when we married each other and all throughout our marriage. But I would definitely say that non-monogamy and polyamory showed us new sides as we met other people. And I think that can still happen in monogamous relationships, you know? Yeah. If you're in a monogamous relationship, there's always a chance that you might meet someone you know, a friend, co-worker, someone that shows you a different side of yourself that could still, you know, this isn't like exclusive to polyamory, but like, oh, I th- that's what you meant. yeah, but I think, you know, like when you, when you open to non-monogamy and polyamory, it like speeds that up. And I, I mean, I, I learned a lot through the whole process. Like I learned a lot about what I want for my future, what I don't want. We learned a lot about, you know, how to have these tough discussions and, and work through them. And I mean, I don't know, overall, like, <laughs> Even though it was like a very sad thing, I remember, you know, him and I, through it all, we maintained that we still felt like it was the right thing. I felt like I was still remaining on my right track and my path, and he felt like he was, you know, steering himself onto his true path and the things that he really wanted. You were remaining true to yourselves. Yeah, we did. I don't know. So a lot lot of lessons learned through it. Um, Lots of change. Lots of change. And I mean, I guess it really sucks because I feel like everyone's going to look at it and be from the outside, especially looking and they're going to be like, oh, okay, so polyamory ruined your marriage. Mm, See why you don't want to get into it. And I'm like, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying. I'm like, A, monogamy doesn't protect you from your marriage ending. We know this. Divorce rates are like 50%. Like if if you're meant to find new paths that are separate from each other, like life is going to put you on those paths one way or another. Yeah. The universe will do that. Yeah. Download the pattern app. You'll see. Whether you're monogamous or non-monogamous, like the likelihood or the chances of something happening that takes you both like on your separate tracks is always present, always present. So I, I it really, like, I mean, obviously by now, like we've, we've told family and friends and whatnot, and I've definitely gotten the reaction, you know, of, of people saying that it was you know, polyamory to blame. I remember one of the couples, I'm like, you don't need to defend non-monogamy and polyamory through this. They're like, it's okay if, you know, if if you do blame it. And I'm like, no, like I'm not feel, I don't feel like I have to defend it. I'm just saying like, don't fool yourselves into thinking that monogamy protects you from something like this happening. You know, if anything, it just happened consensually instead of like him going off and cheating on me, finding someone else and then, you know, leaving me for them. And even though like, sure, our relationship was non-monogamous and polyamorous. Like, even though, yes, that opened up to um, these things and and opened our eyes to these differences, the it came down to we just want different futures. We, if we had remained monogamous, there's still the chance that you know, two three years from now, he would have been like, okay, I want children, and I'm like, mm, I don't. And then what? We would have faced the same freaking thing, you know. And what it really came down to was just wanting different futures than than what we had. And also, like, it kind of sucks because, like, I'm not going to lie, telling people, like, hey, I'm divorcing, you know, there is a lot of shame with it. it. You do feel like you failed at something. And I remember at one point, I'm like, I 
I remember looking at it and I'm like, I, I feel like I failed him, you know, like I don't, I don't want children and you know, I, I don't like, I, I feel like I failed him in a way. And then I realized, well, you have to remember there's also, there was a point in time where you both had that same sentiment sentiment. Towards oh yeah, children. absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So uh, he, and changed, that changed very quickly. Yeah. So. He changed his mind about it, but he, but we definitely like always had the, I, I just don't think he ever saw a future with, with me as a mother. If that, I just don't think he ever saw me as a mother. Our marriage was still successful. I don't think, I look at it now and I'm like, it wasn't a failure by any means. Look what I said that we wanted to accomplish. House, airplane, travel. We did all those things. We literally accomplished all of the goals that we wanted to accomplish together in our marriage. In a way, that could be seen as more of a partnership. You know, you're going to have the people that are going to be questioning Like, well, what about love? Uh, Well, obviously we loved each other. My God, we had a deep, like, I mean, I, I will say this. I will say this. I think you can either marry for love and passion or you can marry for friendship and partnership. And there's no right or wrong. There really isn't. Because friendship and partnership offers kind of uh, a deep comfort, a deep safety with someone and so, like a deep sense of trust. And him and I definitely had that together. Like we had great sex, but um, it was definitely not the most passionate sex I've ever had in my life. Like we sex was not the reason that we were together. Like we had such like a strong friendship, such a deep, like tender love for each other and, and just such a respect for each other because of the friendship that we built. Um, and I think a lot of times like the, the intimacy and the romanticism that we did have was like a manifestation of like the love that we shared, not like this, you know, hot burning passion that then turned into you know, all those things. So and I think with her, he definitely had more like love and passion. I think they still had a friendship, um, but definitely a lot more like love and passion as the basis of their relationship there. So yeah, I definitely think that those years that him and I shared together were a complete success. And so if anyone tells me that I, you know, failed in my marriage, I don't think that I did for one bit. Hey, DT fam, you know how important STD testing is and how often we discuss it on our show, which is why I'm super stoked to be working with stdcheck.com. So whether you are with a new partner or you just want to stay on top of your sexual health, maybe you have multiple partners or maybe you went to a sex party and forgot to use a condom, whatever it is, it is super important for you to be maintaining your sexual health and that obviously includes STD testing. So stdcheck.com is the leader in reliable and affordable lab-based STD testing. I've done this many times, so I'm definitely a big fan of this. Basically, you order your test online and then go right to one of their certified labs, get your testing done, no doctor visit is required, and then you do get your results emailed to you in about two days. What I love about stdcheck.com obviously is it offers confidential and convenient STD testing. This is how I typically do my testing, especially when I want to do a full, full panel. So with multiple online payment options, it's super easy to set up and also you just have that peace of mind. If you're looking for a super convenient way to go get tested, head on to stdcheck.com. And right now, stdcheck.com is offering our listeners $10 off your order. So go to doubleteamedfam.com. Of course, we'll have that linked in the episode description. Click on STD Check and use code DTF to get $10 off your next STI test. 
That's doubleteamedfam.com. Click on STD check and use code DTF to go get tested. And this is just a great way to support our show while you're taking care of your sexual health. So thank you guys. Go get tested. But it also kind of sucks, you know, from another perspective. If you look at it, you're like, well, you lost everything because of this. You know, you had to sell your house. You had to sell your airplane. You lost your husband. All those things. And and, and it felt like that for a moment. It really did. I had to. So because he worked so much, like gone out of town, like I had to get the house ready for sale. I had to do all this stuff to sell the airplane. I had to, you know, for all the showings, all the like everything. It kind of fell on my shoulders because he just wasn't home to do it. And so the day came that, you know, the house sold and the airplane sold and I had to hand over the keys to both of them on the same day. So that was a very sad day for me because I I said goodbye to two things that I loved, my home and my airplane, you know. Um, And then on top of that, like I didn't have my husband anymore, but I don't look at it as a loss. I'll buy another house. I'll buy another airplane. And I may have lost the relationship that I had with my husband and and the life that I had at the moment, but I gained so much too, in my opinion. I gained such a deeper understanding of myself, of the future I want, you know, of like the things that make me happy and in the ways that I want to approach relationships in the future. And you'll find someone who truly, truly loves you and sees the badass that you are. I mean, and I feel like it's really going to take a special person. Like, this guy's got to be, like, top-notch. <laughs> but that's yeah. just my opinion. I mean, no one will ever replace him, my husband. Like, no one will. And that, you know, to me... Well, like everyone's unique in their own way. Exactly. Every love story is unique and different and special in its own way. And so, like, I, you know, him and I, like, the space that we created and everything, I tuck that away in a corner of my heart and, you know, understand that even though I may never find that again... Like love is abundant. There's definitely the opportunity that I will find another love story that is great and deep and, you know, nurturing and and all the things that I look for in a relationship. So just because, you know, I lost my relationship with him doesn't mean that like I'll never have another beautiful love story again. I absolutely will. If it sounds like I'm being super chill right now about it all, I've gotten to a place where I feel at peace with everything. I truly hope he finds everything that he wants, whether with her, or with someone else, that I really don't know. But like, if he wants that family, that home life, you know, those things, I wish him all of that. He deserves it. He deserves the most beautiful family. He will make a phenomenal father someday. And I know he will. And even though, like, I don't get to see that, like, I just know that it's going to be, like, a beautiful thing for him. And I just, like, wish him the absolute best. And, oh, my God, I didn't think I would, like, tear up at all. But, like, stand him out. Stand him out. You got it. (laughs) Don't ruin the makeup. I won't ruin the makeup. Okay. Are we keeping this? I don't know. We'll decide when we listen. You, back you have to understand. If Nikki cries, I cry. It's just you know. So I you share emotions. I like truly wish him all the best in all of it, and 
Um, and if anyone wants to know how, like, the divorce is going, like I said, we sold everything. Um, at least we chose a phenomenal time. to. And this is what I told him. Like, I kind of joked about it. I'm like, at least we chose a great time. Like, airplane market, all-time high. Our house sold for, like, way over asking. We had a shit ton of offers. I was like, at least it was a really solid moment to, you know, end this relationship, which... You know, and then on top of that, like, you know, we still remain friends. Like, we still talk as friends. Um, we're very amicable. Like, I, we're, neither of us were, like, vindictive in any way, which I really appreciated because, like, so many people that I was telling about this, they're like, oh, my God, it sounds like it's going so well. They're like, I remember one of the guys that I started seeing, he was like, my divorce was an absolute nightmare. He was like, I can't believe how, like, you know, amicable you two are, amicable you two are being and everything. And I told him, I'm like, we had a friendship, I respect him. He's my best friend. Like, I don't want to do anything vindictive or, you know, do like, I don't, that, that, that's just not how it is, you know? And so, and I told him, I'm like, my love for my husband was not on the condition that he loved me back. I still love him. I still have like a deep love and respect for him as a person. I think he's a wonderful man. I don't, just because he didn't choose me or, you know, choose a future with me and just because, you know, he let go of his commitments to me, I don't blame him for any of that. I don't think he's a bad person for that. He chose himself. And I told him at one point, I'm like, this is exactly what I want, what I would have wanted you to do is choose the future that's best for you. Because if I'm being quite honest, I would have chosen the future that was best for me too. And I want him to have those things. And even if I can't give him those things, like, that's okay. I hope he finds someone that does. Or if it's, you know, her, if they stay together in their relationship. They're not, like, you know, having children right away, from my understanding. Now I don't know. But I, I hope he finds those things. And, and I'm glad that he was able to choose himself and, and all of that. And even though it caused a lot of pain and it was a very sad thing to go through, very jarring thing to go through because it's all like I mean a nine-year relationship that we built came like tumbling down in the matter of like six months which is kind of crazy to think about um so despite all of that like my feelings for him haven't changed in any way and I'm proud of him for choosing himself and like I said I wish him the absolute best and from what it sounds like you know I I think he's still you know, loves me and, and sees the world in me. You know, I remember at one point in Greece, um, I was going to say, we have to redo our entire Greece trip, A, <laughs> and to that entire bar that watched me drag Nikki from the loop of her jeans as she was bawling her eyes. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad moment. That was, that not was my dramatic. <laughs> that was not my finest moment. No, but I just remember like it, we were him and I were in the bathroom of our Airbnb, which is like, it was a beautiful Airbnb in uh, Santorini. I still have the flippy floppies. From I know, I know. Such so a, comfortable. Yeah, such a cute little place. Anyways, um, I'll drop the link in below if anyone <laughs> wants to go to that, <laughs> that Airbnb. <laughs> Anyways, but I just remember we were like sitting in, in the floor of the bathroom and like both of us crying, like bawling our absolute eyes out. And I've never seen him cry like this, ever. Not once. Like he teared up when I walked down the aisle. Um, but I'd never really seen him cry. I, I don't think I even saw him cry when his uh, grandfather died. Maybe he did. I can't remember. But I'd never seen him cry like this. Um, and continuously. And he looked at me. And I'll never, this like image is like burned in my head. He was like, I want to give you the world. But you're going to give it to yourself. 
And so I, I think he still wishes me the best. And I, I think his feelings for me are still in as positive of a light as I remember him. I mean, there are a lot of like moments throughout all of this that I know I'm going to like, I'll never forget. One thing, uh, one thing we, when we were packing up the house, we put all of like our pictures and like keepsakes from like our wedding and like all these things of like the two of us, we like put them in this box. And those are the things that like, it's just stuff of him and I. So like neither of us are going to keep it. It's in a storage unit right now, but like I taped it up the top of it. I put, this is the story of us. And I just kind of left it there. And like, I cried so much after that. Don't make me cry. God, I didn't eat. think I was going to cry. <laughs> it's sad. It is still sad. sad. It is sad. <sighs> it's still crying. sad. Anyways, so, but like, what a beautiful story to me. Like, it will always be like such a beautiful story. It had its ups and downs. It wasn't perfect. My God, like no marriage is. No relationship is, but it was still like, I still remember it in such a positive light. I still remember it as like one of the most beautiful chapters of my life. And I remember I used to tell him all the time, I'm like, you know, a lifetime with you wouldn't be enough. But like how thankful I am for the nine years that I got with him. Like so, so grateful to have spent nine years with him. And, you know, I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know what the future looks like for him either, but to have had the opportunity to experience that kind of love that him and I shared and everything like some people don't even get that in an entire lifetime so I'm thankful that I did so I definitely walk away from it you know with a lot of gratitude a lot of a lot of reflection a lot of lessons learned and such like a strong sense of like understanding of myself and what I want in the future so like yeah, there's definitely plenty good to take away from it. And I just kind of wanted to share it with you guys because, you know, y'all have never seen Nikki cry before. Yeah. Now you did. It doesn't happen often. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you'll catch me crying on any given Sunday. I will say this. I cried more in the last six months than I've probably cried in the last like nine years of our marriage. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, I think, I think I'm known for crying at this point. Yeah. I told my date that. I was like, I cry a lot. He's like, I have no idea how to handle that. I was like, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't really have to know how. Just let the person cry. It's like a baby, you know? It well, give help him, me. Give him, give him food if they need it, but like, you know, let him cry. Rock me back and forth. I'm the kind of person, like, especially when I'm going, because I, I used to have like panic attacks and anxiety attacks a lot in middle school, high school, because I have fear of the unknown really badly. One of the things that always worked for me was pressure. So sometimes I would make Nikki literally like lay on top of me because I needed that pressure. <laughs> I will say this through like in the last six months, especially like I think we've been living apart for the last three months since December. Yes, yeah, so about three months we've been living apart. And I learned again some things that I forgot about myself. Like, for example, I go days without a hug from someone because there were times where like I just didn't want to go have sex with people. So I didn't. And so I'd go like, Kimmy and I, like, don't get me wrong. We love each other, but we're not like so affectionate with each other. Like we'll hug occasionally. Like, or like Kimmy said, when she needs a weight blanket, you know, I'll go like bear hug her, you know, like, but we're just, we're not super like affectionate with each other. Now the way like we'll show affection is like the way we look at each other. Yeah. We'll share a look. 
Yeah. And then, like, if we're really feeling it, we'll give a hug. Or, I, I mean, we also, like, I, we do things for each other. I think that's, that's the big true. one. Yeah. But anyway, so, like, there would be days where, like, I'd go days without a hug. And, like, I didn't realize, like, how much of a toll that took. Because when he was home, granted, you know, he he was gone for work often. But, like, when he was home, I would, like, go, like, hug him and curl up to him, like, all the time. So, like, when he wasn't there anymore, like, and I had no, like, physical touch, I realized, like, wow, I need physical touch more than I realized. And, and you know, what am I going to do? Ask a dude from Bumble if I can come to his house to, like, cuddle? No. Instead, I'll be, like, watching TV and Nikki comes up to me and she just looks at me. And then she'll be like, can I get a hug? I'm like, of course. First, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you can't see it, but Cammie is giving me a hug right now. I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> And obviously, like, I'm super thankful that I had came through all this because Lord knows I wouldn't have survived it all on my own. But um, I kept, biggest mistake, I kept our king size bed because he... Okay, not the biggest mistake, okay? okay. When I ended my engagement, I left my fucking, what, $3,000 mattress that I deeply loved in Kansas. Uh, Do you know how much I miss that mattress? Yeah, I bet. No, don't get me wrong. It's a fire mattress, and it's super comfy, super comfy. But... It's the bed that we shared for the last, I think we've had that mattress for like six years, which, you know, they say mattresses are good for eight. So maybe in like two years, I'll, I'll, you know, get a new one. Might I suggest what a memory foam and spring hybrid, because honestly, they're fire. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it was the best combination. Like, don't get me wrong. I love your mattress, but I feel like it's too soft. Sometimes it is. You're right. You're right. You need the spring and the foam. What I was, it's a Tempur-Pedic. You could always get the avocado mattress from Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, I didn't know this. It's like 30 grand. So oh, maybe pfft, not. No. <laughs> Keep going. That is a down payment on an airplane. Um. Anyways, so I kept our mattress. That was a mattress that we shared for the last six years that, you know, and I would roll over, you know, and at night he would curl up with me and that's how we'd fall asleep. And then like in the mornings, like we'd be like touching toes, you know, like across the bed, like. That's how it was. And so I can't tell you how many times I woke up in the morning thinking that the pillows, because I have like a bajillion pillows on my bed, were him laying in bed next to me. And then I get like hit with the reality that like it's just me all by myself on this like giant king size mattress and he's not there anymore. So, yeah. We can switch beds. No, your mattress sucks. We are no, not exactly, <laughs> exactly. I need to get a new one so bad. Anyways, that that's like the one thing that I'm like, why did I keep this mattress? No, it's like I said, fire mattress. I love it, but um, in two years, it's it'll probably be time for me to to like fully let go, you know. So I wanted to share it with you guys because a, you know, y'all are invested in my life in some form. B, I do kind of want to do some follow up episodes on like a lot of things that I noticed along the way of. Just like, you know, themes in relation to like monogamy, non-monogamy, but also just to, you know, probably the biggest lesson of all, like I said, it can be an avenue for learning about parts of yourself that are no longer compatible with your current partner. And that's okay. It really is. You just have to understand going into non-monogamy or polyamory that that's a possibility and it can happen. But like I said, it can happen in monogamy too. So, I mean, it's just like a lesson overall. You know, I, I think forever is a really cute and really nice sentiment. But the the reality is 
the likelihood of you and a partner remaining married for decades and continuing to grow to be the same or to want the same things and futures and everything like that likelihood is pretty small in my opinion you're my forever yeah but you know we're twins so like you're my but i do believe i do believe nikki and i were husband and wife in our one of our previous lives because i do believe our souls travel together so i think we've done it all you know like brothers really interested to see how that went husband and wife i was definitely the husband yeah no you were Um, and then, you know, now we're sisters. So I, twins. Yeah. I think like we, we did something right in a past life to earn the ability to be twins in this oh, life. Exactly. Cause being a twin is fucking dope. It is. Yeah. So anyways, um, now I hope to find another partner someday. I'm still non-monogamous. It's one thing that I realized I've said this before in some episodes, polyamory, I can give or take. I really loved watching the two of them fall in love together. I really loved seeing him find happiness with someone. And like the few times that I did get to see him with her son, like I thought it was really endearing. And and I absolutely love that. Um, I don't need polyamory. Um, I'm open to it, but it's not like, you know, if, if I enter a relationship, I'm not going to be like, we have to be polyamorous. That is the one thing that, you know, what, what I can't give someone though is monogamy. So I need a relationship where I have the ability and the freedom and autonomy to explore my sexuality and what in you know how I choose, which I know is probably gonna be hard to find, but whatever, it's okay. And and obviously I need to find a partner that doesn't want children or already has children. I'm not anti-children. I just do not want to give birth to my own child. I am open to adopting later on in life. So like around 37, 30, 39, I would love, 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 love to adopt a child and give them, you know, the opportunity to have a great life. And Cami, you and I can probably do that together and like raise one hell of mm. a person. Yeah. Yeah. I always say out of the two of us, if one of us is ever, ever going to be a biological mother, meaning, you know, give birth to a child, um, it would probably be me. That's still hard to believe. Unfortunately, I still have like, uh, it's like I can't embrace that. I, w- I was, you know, talking about this the other day with someone, but it's like for me and, you know, for Nikki too, like for us, like I feel like it would like just childbirth scares the shit out of me. I'm it sorry, really it does. does. Yeah. I, I realize I'm 28 and, you know, and I, I stand by the fact that, you know, motherhood is not for everybody. I have a lot of friends who have children and I absolutely adore them. I love my nieces and nephews so, so much. And I love showering them with love. Um, But I just don't know if I could have my own. Biological motherhood is not something that like I crave. I would absolutely love to adopt at one point. Anyways, like I said, I'll probably do some follow-up episodes on all of this. But now you guys are all caught up on everything. Everything's fine. If Um, you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I know. I I think a few of you caught on. (laughs) <laughs> so because I, I we had a couple that or we had a couple listeners that emailed or messaged us on instagram and they're like is everything okay with your husband um i haven't heard about him much or and it was really tough going on other podcasts when they'd ask about my marriage because i'm like oh i don't know you know speaking we in haven't past talked tense. about it yet yeah mm. so so the last couple months have been you know hard to navigate but i actually do feel like really at peace um talking about it with you guys now i hope maybe you took away some things from this episode maybe 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 you can relate maybe this you know happened to you at one point yeah and i'm not trying to make anyone like shy away from relationships monogamy non-monogamy whatever in general because of you know the fear that someday someone will leave you or choose a different future every person in your life will disappoint you or hurt you at one point (laughs) 
No, it just it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's true. It's like you and I hurt each other and disappoint each other all the time. But the yeah. underlying thing there is that we will yeah. always love each other and respect each other. So I think you have to appreciate any and every relationship for whatever amount of time you have with them. Leave it with gratitude and and walk away with kindness and respect. And that's what I'm trying to do in this situation. And I feel like I have for the most part. So no, I wasn't perfect in all of it. I said and did some shitty things, but for the most part, in the, in the height of my emotions, I, d- I definitely did those things. But for the most part, I think we know we all handled it really well and walked away gracefully and respectfully. So thank you guys for joining us on this episode. Thank you for, you know, listening to my journey and caring about it. Uh, we're not going anywhere. So we still got plenty to talk about. I'm still not Yeah, I was about to say, the still content kinky. is still going. <laughs> yeah, still coming. So we'll see you next time. Yes, wear condoms, everybody. Do not forget. Wear condoms. And don't join finances if you get married. Splitting them up is a fucking bitch. Yeah, you know what? I told this one chick at the in the bathroom at La Mesa Lounge last night. She was talking to this other girl about like, how, how early should I get married? And I was like, please wait till you're 30 at least. Yeah, yeah. No, but seriously, next time I get married... Um, I probably will not join my finances uh, with said person. I prenup is not a dirty word. Will most definitely sign a prenup. We we split everything evenly, um, so there was like no issues there. It was it's just like it made me realize like how messy it is joining finances with someone because money gets messy. It's not sexy talking about money. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, let's be honest, like, you know, let's normalize these words too so that, you know, there's not so much shame around them. It's okay if you get divorced. It's okay if you sign a prenup. It's okay if you failed at a relationship, you know? I didn't fail at a relationship. I had a successful relationship. It just ended. It's okay if these things happen. Endings happen. It's really the journey throughout the course of the relationship that makes all of it worth it. And I told him that. I remember, we you know, in in the midst of all of this, I remember telling him, I was like, I would do this a million times over again. I would go through this pain that I'm feeling now, this pain that left me crying in bed more times than I can count, a million times over to experience the nine years that we had together. Because there were so many moments of happiness, so many moments of like growth, so many moments of just like raw unconditional love and friendship and like i said it really it wasn't a perfect relationship by any means but i think beautiful but it was it was absolutely beautiful and i would go through it a million times over to to experience it again so i i don't think you should ever shy away from love because of the the pain that it brings in the end because the end is just gonna happen one way or another but it's gonna be okay you're gonna survive through it you're gonna come out of it stronger and it's gonna be okay and if you're listening, we love you. All right, enough yep. of this emotion. Wear condoms. My have God, fun. I have a cannot. great rest of your week. Tune in next week. We'll make it lighter. I'll bring <laughs> some more jokes. <laughs> love you. Bye.